Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frog Snacks Podcast. It is episode 149. I am Snacks, your host. With me, as always, is my faithful co-host, Frog. Hello. What up? So, uh, for this week, I, it's, it's going to be um, one in, a, I think, a uh, relatively common theme in uh, the Frog Snacks universe, wherein we explore a genre that kind of uh, doesn't exist anymore in a lot of ways. Um, we, uh, we, we often lament the, uh, you know, the, the demise of the arcade sports and the arcade racing games. And this is kind of uh, a small branch on that, on that same tree. And it was, uh, it was inspired by the, uh, the H1Z1 mod that was, uh, that was just announced, which was uh, a vehicular combat, like a vehicular battle royale, essentially. Well, not mod, but official mode. And right. just to clarify, our discussion is inspired by that, not the genre. Though that would be pretty funny, wouldn't it? I mean, it's, I'm talking, I'm going to be talking about the genre, but it's, it's, it was the, the, the idea was influenced by the H1Z1 new mode that is coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you worded it just made it sound like, yeah, this genre was inspired by the new H1Z1. Oh, oh no, 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 no. The discussion was, <laughs> the, the genre is, uh, is, is very, very old, as we'll see. Yeah, which would, I mean, hey, if. The H1Z1 mod. Well, we'll come back to that. Uh, like, if this H1Z1 mod actually takes off mode, takes off what it could do for resurrecting a genre. But yeah, uh, let's let's talk about our our favorite vehicular combat. Yeah. So so this is this was interesting because what what we're seeing here is kind of a. Um, we're, you know, you have to talk about H1Z1 and you have to talk about the place that it has in the the current gaming zeitgeist because it was one of the earliest Battle Royale type games that came out. And, and I mean, now it's it's just completely... Now it's a has-been. Yeah. You know, to but, put it mildly. But the, but the genre has, has persisted with uh, Fortnite and PUBG, the Battle Royale genre, right? But it's all... You know, foot soldiers, couple of vehicles, stuff like that. We, we, I don't need to, you know, uh, reiterate what goes down in a battle royale type game. Just, right. just know that it exists and it's incredibly popular. And H1Z1 was one of the first. So they decide they want to do the same kind of thing, but all with vehicles. And everybody, I think, thought that this was a really cool idea. And the reason why they think it's going to be a cool idea is because we have all played a game like this. Um, but the problem is that a game like this, I mean, now, now, yeah, sure. It's, it's just a game mode and that's fine in a larger game, but games that existed solely on that premise used to be pretty prevalent, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we saw a lot of them in the nineties and they kind of just stopped existing. And I think that this is a, like a fun, uh, homage to, to that, type of game. And the more I thought about this topic, the more I realized like, oh, wow, there were a ton of games like this back in the day. A ton. Uh, so let's go through some of them because I only know of a couple because my history, of course, with the genre is fairly limited, uh, sure. but I've enjoyed all of it. Well, okay. So let's start with you because the ones that you know are probably the more well-known ones. So go ahead. Tell me which ones you remember. Well, there's only two. <laughs> That's that is fine. That is fine. Which is uh, Mario Kart for one, right? Yes. And uh, Twisted Metal. Perfect. Okay, so this is perfect because what you've done is essentially explained the two like subspecies here, right? There, there are really only two subspecies of this of this. Uh, genre where it is essentially like the racing side and then the free for all side. Right. Uh, I just got the image of us like popping out of a bush somewhere and you're like, see right there. That's a subspecies <laughs> in its rightful habitat. Yeah. Now we have a chance. Anyway, sorry, go on. Crikey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're still, it was Steve Irwin now. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. So, 
so these these are really the two subspecies of this genre. You've got the the racing, which was is pretty much uh, dominated by the um, you know by the by the cart style, but there were a couple of others uh, back in the day, and then also the the free for all, right? Yep. So that's fine. That those are the only two that you remember because from from these from these two starting points, we can we can go off in like two. This is the fork in the road, right? So right. Let's first talk about the the former, right? The uh, the the racing version of it. So Mario Kart is the only one that truly persists to this day. But let's not forget that there was a while, there was there was a, a short period of time where there were a lot of other kart games that were based off of you know other IPs that were kind of like mascot centric that all had their own kart game at one point. And there is the obvious like you know like I, I don't know what to what to call it like the the one that constantly lives in the shadow of Mario Kart, but the the hot take has been spewed so many times that now it's just like it's just smoke that Crash Team Racing was better than than uh than Mario Kart. Ah, uh, Crash that, Team Racing. Yeah, so it's 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 exactly what you think it is, right? It's just the card game based off of Crash Bandicoot characters, but the uh that the the edge of that take has been dulled over the years because it's it's been stated so many times. Now that at this point uh, to say that Crash Team Racing, when it came out, was better than any Mario Kart that had existed up until that point is almost, at this point, like um, like an untested theory. Like it's it's a generally accepted hypothesis in the scientific community. <laughs> they just they just have to they just have to like lab test it. But there are definitely a lot of people, myself included, who believe this and will take it to to our graves. I mean, I'm I'm hardly going to disagree, given that Mario Kart 64 is, shall we say, um, not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and as I age really poorly, mm-hmm. it was it was just fine for you know introduce you know we won't take away the fact that it introduced kart racing to 3D. Da 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 da. Yes, it did all that right, but for literally everything else, kind of shat the bed. Uh, in in comparison to again, literally everything else that came after, <laughs> right? And so, like, let's not forget um, all the other ones. There was there was a Diddy Kong Racing, right? Yep, yep. There was uh, Jack. The Jack and Daxter series did get a combat racing game. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, huh? And uh, this is uh, this is one of the few recent examples. But Little Big Planet Karting was a game. I played that game. That was a fun game. Yep. So there you have it. Uh, but it didn't really have. Well, I mean, it did have a battle. That game could have been so much more. And I want to talk a little bit about that, but more about like the where we go from here later. Uh, but yeah, the Little Big Planet was the thing. I'll also, let's also give a shout out to the Sonic and All Stars uh, Racing series, mm-hmm. which is surprisingly good. Just as racing games, yeah, uh, I have not done much into battle mode, which is the core of what we'll be discussing today. But those are two, particularly a second one, are surprisingly competent racing games that I think are very much worthy of anybody who you know is like a diehard Mario Kart head, myself included. You know, yeah, yeah. So and uh, and so I think that that was that was it for the uh the like cart style and then there were others that were in that same subspecies but weren't like licensed cart spinoffs there were there was a there was revolt do you remember revolt no okay revolt was rc cars but they had like machine guns on them and it was but it was (laughs) it was crucially it was racing not not like a battle royale style. It came out. Uh, Acclaim made it. Acclaim did it. That explains a tremendous amount. But it go came, on. It came out for. Uh, uh, it came out for everything at the time. Uh, PS One, uh, Dreamcast, and uh, sixty four, um, and then it got ported later to like Windows. And actually, it's on iOS and Android. Huh. 
Yeah. And there was a beta for the Xbox, but it never came out for Xbox, according to this article. But so these were these were all of these were and then and then uh, there was the Extreme G racing series as well. And I'm not going to count any other racing game that provided for, let's say, um, aggressive driving. Right. Uh, if it didn't include like weapons, like stapled to the car, I'm not counting it. Right. I'm right. Not right. Counting it. So, so like burnout. I'm sorry, I can't count you. Uh, my uh, my old ass boy mega race. Sorry, can't count it. Um, uh, I I even thought about ray tracers, uh, which you could like run people off the road with. Sorry, can't count it. I can't even count uh, Star Wars Episode Ru- Racing. Or Star Wars Racer Revenge, um, even though those kind of depended on you just smashing your competition up. Uh, I can't count them. They don't. They didn't have weapons. So I'm, that's that's like the cutoff for me. That's like the that's like the hard stance that I'm taking on this is that it has to have weapons attached to the vehicle. So. Yeah, all of these, all of these. Uh, Extreme G was around for a while. Oh, and then, of course, totally forgot, almost forgot, which is the one that made me think of it, where I was like, I'm thinking about this game. We should do an episode on this genre, period, which is Road Rash. Did you ever play Road Rash? No, but I've heard about that. And I have a feeling, actually, I'm thinking of, I got to look, try to figure it out, but there's a Steam game. I think that might have been trying to like reboot Road Rash. It might have been Road Redemption. I have to look. Okay, that sounds like it could have existed. So I might be completely off base, but yeah. So um, yeah. So the first two Road Rash games came out for uh, Sega Genesis, but they were they were cool because the main weapon that they gave you was literally a chain, and you would just smack people with a chain. And I remember it being like unbelievably brutal. And uh, Road Rash uh, Road Rash 3D was the first one that came out for like 3D platforms, uh, PlayStation and N64. Um, although the uh, the 64 version was just called Road Rash 64. Of course, like everything on it's just Nintendo 64. The game featured music from bands such as Are You Ready for This 90s? Uh, Lay it on me. I, okay. I need this. Sugar Ray. Woo! Kid Rock. Oh my god. Uh, CIV, who I've never heard of. I've never heard of them either. The Mermen. What the fuck? The Mermen is uh, some like some, like 90s surf band. And uh, the Tea Party, which is also <laughs> a band I've never heard of. But they're, they're Canadian, they're Canadian uh, 90s prog rock. So they count how bad can they be? True. But yeah, that's, uh, that's the soundtrack for, <laughs> for Road Rash 3D. <laughs> that's awesome yeah except the game was janky as hell on playstation it would uh it would constantly like the road would become invisible at certain points it was oh bad it was really bad see there's nothing like that 90s jank <laughs> like oh my god yeah i think true. i think we may have to like cook find like some janky but lovable 90s games for a, a tribute later but that's an entire new, yeah, new discussion yeah. road rash 3d is topping my list for 90s jank right but go on yes yeah so we had road rash so yeah see road road rash and and all these all these games right that were that were racing specific these are really living on only through the Mario Kart series and luckily for for gaming enthusiasts the Mario Kart games have more or less gotten better with each installment. And with some with some minor ups and downs, but yes, generally speaking going in the right direction. Yeah, I'm talking about like I'm talking about like the whole curve, not like right. the points on the line graph. Right, right, um, right, of course. But yeah, the curve the curve has been upward. And crucially, a lot of these games, even even the ones back in the day, all included a a battle mode, which was non-racing, some type of objective-based driving around and, and shooting missiles at people or whatever mode. Right. And uh, Mario Kart's was was honestly the best. If it wasn't if it wasn't the best game, it was the best. Period. Right. Uh, the, yeah. The battle mode. 
yeah, the overall best best executed battle has always been uh, the Mario Kart series. With you know, like I think Crash Team Racing's was you know probably the number two in, in that spot. Mm-hmm. Sure, and then oh, and then uh, Diddy, there was Diddy Kong Racing too. I never played the battle mode in that game though. Okay, fair enough. Fair so enough. I don't know. I mean, and now that I think about it, I don't really know many people who did. I feel like the racing in that game was taken much more seriously than the battle mode, especially sure. given that people in that era were still jerking off to block for it. Okay. So, so I think that the Diddy Kong Racing's battle mode probably got overshadowed by, you know, that particular bit of 90s folly, but, you know, it is what it is. Right. So this is this is the state really of uh, vehicular combat racing games. Is that uh, is is Mario Kart? That is the current state of of this genre of this subspecies. It's the last of its kind. It only it only exists in captivity. You know, <laughs> um, they're trying to get it to mate. We're on like Panda Watch. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's on the endangered species list. It's it's, it's on all the. They're really trying commercials where they're like, don't you want to save this genre? Yeah. Look how cute it is. But I think I think that if you want to do like the whole like uh, like David Attenborough conservationist, like look at look at the, sh- the, the like positive steps we've made in the wake of this ecological disaster. Right. Is one GTA five, which has always had a racing mode on on Grand Theft Auto Online. Mm-hmm. And I think that shooting may or may not be a part of that. And I think that I think that I wouldn't I most of the clips that I see, most of like the recent highlights of like people playing online for GTO that show up on the internet every once in a while, the racing like online racing in that game is a really big deal. That's what I've heard as well. So I don't see why they couldn't. And, and if, and if people are, are really into GTO like that, like, please let us know if, if shooting is like cool in that game, like shooting other cars, tires out, or if that's like, like Dick move, don't do that because I would, but lo- even- I would love to see that be, that, that be like a big, part of the online experience is racing with shooting. But even so, even if it is, then the the issue would be that is it that's not quite the same as what we're thinking of cuz vehicular combat we're thinking again like Mario Kart battle mode or twisted metal where the objective entirely is okay, we're going to slap you guys in some arena and you know, one of you is going to leave. Right, and maybe maybe they have something like that, but it would have to be entirely fan created. And so, if it is, if it does exist, it might be like the same the same type of deal as like a custom map on Halo. Like it's fun with your friends, but it's not something that gets adopted into like the larger zeitgeist of the of the game's community. Right, and speaking of Halo, wasn't didn't somebody cook up some kind of game type like that in in? In any of these various forge modes, yeah, I believe it was a, a warthog racing type thing, where right. you had you you either had one person in the passenger seat with like rocket launchers with unlimited rockets, or somebody in it was like the Goss warthog with somebody in the Goss turret at all times. Um, but yes, that that definitely was a thing. So this is an important this is an important concept. Is that you know this this wouldn't these small instances would not have existed if the desire to play them didn't exist. And the problem is that the desire, like with all of the genres that we lament the, the purported death of, none of them truly just had interest drop off. I mean, not to the point where we literally didn't deserve another entry ever again. You know, I think that what we're seeing now in the two biggest ones that we talk about really is the is the the uh, arcade sports uh, thing, and I guess this right right is which know, itself is an arcade sport. Sure, yeah, it is. 
you know, I think, I think in the past few years, we've seen like small, like, like rumblings from fan communities, uh, in their own game, trying to recreate what we're talking about, or just flat out saying that they want something like this. I, I, it's definitely existing now in this, in the traditional sports world, because I think that just the way that uh, sports viewership has, has changed in the last couple of years, um, and the type of people who become sports fans are less interested in this high simulation and more interested in like hypotheticals. And I think that, you know, what we're seeing with, uh, you know, uh, super mega baseball and a couple of these like smaller, like backyard versions of games built into the larger title, like in the NHL and the NBA games you know, this is, this is like a very small olive branch towards these communities where they're saying, okay, we hear you, but we don't know how marketable this really is. Um, so they're testing it out at the very least. I I don't, to, to what success and to what, you know, uh, feedback they're getting from the fans. I'm not sure. So to me, I would actually slightly disagree. I think, I think two things have happened. So I think first thing has happened that like in, at the height of all these kind of games being out, uh, there is definitely like a market oversaturation. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and once the, once that happened and once that happened, I think that is when interest fell off to a large degree because the problem is that now, even with the games, like the super mega baseballs of the world or whatever, none of them really set the world on fire anymore. Um, because, you know, basically people moved on. Um, I think what's happened is that like the arcade sports thing, you know, and again, this vehicular combat discussion kind of is an offshoot of it. It's a very nineties type thing, you know, where people were very interested in like BMX and all these kind of extreme offshoots. Mm -hmm. And those are the variants of sports that, uh, drew people to like the arcade sports scene. You know, like when when snowboarding, for example, was really uh, just getting hot as a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we mentioned BMX before when skateboarding was really hot, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and when and when multiplayer was new in general, really, well, not new, but you know what I mean. Like uh, split split screen multiplayer was was really a thing um, in those early 3D days. Uh, the whole idea of vehicular combat, I think, was a lot more attractive. But there's room for it to... Again, I I would say, and this is, I think, some of what you were hinting at, that if it's done in the right way, it can always make a comeback, right? Yeah. Um, That's why, you know, I'm always... I mean, hell, even now, you still have people, you know, drooling at EA's doorstep, like, so, when Skate 4? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's been going on for years too. As, yeah, for years. It's happening right now. <laughs> like there was a little shred of a rumor, and you had people's, you know, uh, like the erection meter just went completely off the whack, like <laughs> in certain corners of the internet. Oh my god! But and listen, I was part of it. I love that game, but you know what I mean. Like it's just one of those things where it has to be done in a way that'll translate for this particular generation. Yeah. You know, because again, like the whole idea of uh, "quote unquote" extreme sports, or you know, these this kind of less—I don't want to use the word less professional, but less buttoned-up version of sports. Like that's not really in front of people like it was in the '90s, uh, and I think that's also a big part of why vehicular combat is not really a thing anymore. That, and I think a lot of those games had really janky controls. So they used so to, we, but I think that a lot of this could be uh, rectified in in 2018. You could find a way. In fact, that's why. And I guess this is where we should probably start talking a little bit about like this new H1Z1 mode. Yeah, because I, I'm even though H1Z1 is largely washed up, and I don't expect this to move the needle in that regard very much. Uh, it this this is the game industry, right? The game industry is notorious for among many things, but one of the biggest being the copycat syndrome. Yeah. So 
and and nowhere greater than the whole battle royale thing, right? Like that is that is a pure copycat adventure that has been happening for the last two years. It's really fascinating to watch. So PUBG, for example, I would I would definitely keep my eye on to see if they try to incorporate something like this into their game. Uh, especially if they want to try and adjust the narrative because the narrative around PUBG right now has been kind of negative. Uh, what with the, the wave of cheaters, the ongoing technical issues, uh, the seeming like design direction um, or lack thereof, I should say. Mm-hmm. So they might decide to try and, you know, ape this mode if people right like it in H1Z1 just to see if they can, you know, reset the narrative a little bit, or at the very least, just provide something interesting. Hey, why not, right? Fortnite is now arguably the most popular Battle Royale game, and that started as basically Epic being like, fuck it. So <laughs> who knows Who knows what could happen, you know? Right, and and I think that this is this is fun, because if we don't get the racing thing, which, again, like... We're starting – We just like you said, like the interest might – you know, the interest for this type of thing like goes all over the place. But there are always people who are into racing. But the people who are into racing are going to more reliably be into the like super high simulation stuff like your Gran Turismos and your, and your Forces, right? Right. But this one's different because I think that there's always going to be – people who are more into just fighting each other uh, right. and not have to worry about this other thing, which is racing. And I think that this is where we kind of have to explore this other subspecies, this, uh, the, the like pure vehicular combat one. And there were, there were a lot of these, um, obviously twisted metal was, was sort of the, the creme de la creme, of uh of this subspecies right and the the one that persisted the longest um and and this was cool because you could kind of build a story into these characters rather than have them be borrowed or or either like or just like inconsequential because you were worried about you know racing and fighting rather than just playing through because these had story modes too right like you were you know the the twisted metal character uh, thing was it was kind of like Tekken, right? Where it kind of was, wasn't it? It was. You know, somebody somebody like uh, sort of like started a tournament and basically got anybody who was crazy enough to be in it to do it, and they all had their own motivations and and backstories. And this was cool. You know, this was this was really cool. There was like uh, there was like the pimp, and there was like the ghost cop. <laughs> And there was like uh, sweet tooth. Yeah, well, yeah, there was there was sweet tooth, um, and uh, and I think it was I think the original lore was sweet tooth's dad was the one that started it, the tournament. Um, what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was sweet tooth's dad, uh, dark tooth. Dark. Yeah, I'm serious, man. I'm I'm not, I'm not making this up. So. So you had, and uh, yeah, there were there were all these cool. There was there was Mister Grimm, you know, the like the like undead World War One veteran. No, that was Warthog. Warthog was the World War One vet who like drove around in like a Humvee, and like you know these were cool. There was Axel who was like fused into his vehicle, you know. I see. I vaguely remember all these guys. I never got to play the story mode for this game. Like we only, I only ever played it at people's houses. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this this was this was like a big couch co-op deal for me and my brother when we were really young. Especially Twisted Metal Two. Like Twisted Metal Two, uh, all most of the characters that I remember are from Twisted Metal Two. And as a matter of fact, we were so young when we when we were playing it. Uh, this came out in North America, nineteen ninety six, right? So this is like damn near a launch title for the PS One. Right. And, uh, you know, my poor brother is five years old. This is like a, this is like a T, like a rated T or an M game. And there's one part at the end where uh, I think the last level is Hong Kong, right? You do Hong Kong and then, uh, and then like you fight Sweet Tooth, but then there's this like really creepy cutscene where Sweet Tooth's the, the like head 
that is on top of Sweet Tooth's car, the like big spinning clown head, like yeah. comes off and you have to f- just fight the head. And I remember my little brother got so scared uh, during that cutscene. Dude, like, dude, like, reached over and like smacked the power button on the PlayStation, like, to turn it off. He was like, he was like, no, no, he was like, no, nah. he like noped the hell out of the game, and we were so yeah, close like, to nah. it. So um, I think so. Okay, I believe I believe Calypso is the first one. Um, is the first person to do it. So Calypso, I guess. Okay, so it wasn't. It wasn't. Calypso is the creator of the Twist Metal contest. I'm on the I'm on the the Twist Metal wiki right here, right? Um, Calypso is the dude who started it. But Sweet Tooth does have a dad named Dark Tooth, and I don't know what his story is, but I think he might have uh, started one of the other ones. But yeah, and and Calypso is like scary as hell. He's got like glowing red eyes. He's like a devil essentially. Um, wow. So yeah, the game was freaky as hell, and like. Uh, loved it and it was made by our, our boys over at uh, Single Track who I to much to my dismay and I bring this up all the time they they reused the Jet Moto 2 soundtrack just straight up reused it it was the same it was the same damn soundtrack really? that's hilarious yeah see again that's the, that's the kind of thing you can only get away with in the 90s yeah, no, they single track used the same exact soundtrack. And according to this, Darktooth was the final boss that appeared in Hong Kong, but um you could only play as him. Uh so I guess the the floating head, oh that's right. That's right. Oh my god, this is all coming back to me now. 1996 baby. Uh the spinning clown head on top of Sweet Tooth's car is the head is like the the like clown mask that Sweet Tooth's dad used to use. So basically, it's like the haunted mask of Sweet Tooth's crazy clown dad. Oh my god! And five year old, five year old little little brother of Snacks like could not handle it. Like that scared the the bejesus out of out of little man. I mean, to be honest, it probably would scare <laughs> even some older people. So yeah, I I, I still remember the uh, the the last um, cutscene for Twister. Twister's whole thing was that it was a Formula One car and her whole thing was like she wanted to be the fastest driver ever. So her car was the fastest and if she won, if you won as Twister, you would go up to Calypso and Calypso would like grant you your wish for winning the tournament, right? And and Twister was like, I want to go the fastest. I want to like – I want to go the speed of light, right? So they have her go – the fastest they put, he, he like does some like demon spell over her car. She gets in her car and she goes and she goes like mad fast. She's like, this is the best. She goes so fast that she goes back in time and a dinosaur like smashes her car and killing her. And then her helmet. <laughs> and then it like, it like fast forwards to present day and her helmet is like on, is like all rusted over and it's like on display in a museum. And they like, don't know what it is. Like scientists like don't know what it is. That is extremely creepy. I know, but <laughs> I, hilarious. I know, I know. It was so, it was so out there. So, Twisted Metal Two, Twisted Metal in general, and I played, I played like five of them. I, two, I, I played Twisted Metal One, Two, Three, Four, and Black. I didn't know there were four before Black. Shit. Yeah, there were four before Black. Oh yeah, because I Two was the one we spent a lot of time playing. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'll share my quick story on Two, please. Uh, Twisted Metal 2 was so much fun for us because we did not play it as intended. <laughs> you didn't have to. You didn't have to, no. But what we did is instead, we said to ourselves, okay, me and my friend were like, all right, we're not going to use weapons at all. Instead, we're going to play tag. So to win, you literally had to run into the other person's car and then tag your it. Uh, and the first one to explode is the loser. And this was great fun because you just had, came up with all sorts of shady ass tactics to run into people and to get away from people. Like one of the cheat, I'll never forget until the day I die, the cheesiest tactic that was drove everybody up the wall on the Paris level. 
you could drive up like the Eiffel, like one level of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, it was a, it was like a warp spot. You like drive under the warp spot, and it would like teleport you to the inside of this second level of the Eiffel Tower. Right. So what we would do, the cheese threat is if you were the person uh, running away from whoever needs to tag you, you would hit up there to the top of the Eiffel Tower, and just perch yourself on the edge. So as soon as they teleport up, you leap off, and you're completely impossible to catch again. It was so cheesy, and it was so annoying, and it was so glorious. So that's great. There was actually a uh, – people didn't know this, but there was a jump mechanic in Twisted Metal 2, but it was like a cheat code almost. Like you had to press um, like left, right, up, up, or like some sequence on the D-pad, and you would do a little bunny hop. And if you played on the New York level, if you tried to ram somebody – you would do that and you would just pop up like 10 feet and they would just go under you and go like off the edge. That's amazing. Yeah. So this is, this is, I think that the, the magic that they're going to try and capture with this H1Z1 mode. And I don't see why PUBG or, uh, or like Fortnite could, could not recreate this. Fortnite maybe less so because there are no vehicles in Fortnite. So they'd have to design that entire system. So they probably wouldn't be less interested in it. But definitely PUBG. Like vehicles are like the biggest point of differentiation between uh, PUBG and Fortnite right now. So if they wanted to double down on that difference, then adding this mode in would definitely be up their alley. And again, talking about translate for new generation, right? Mm-hmm. Battle Royale is the hot thing that literally everybody plays now, right? Yep. So this is, I think, a pretty brilliant move. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I think that this makes a lot of sense, and I and I want to see it, uh, and I want to see it succeed. Um, but I, I do want to go over a few more of these types of games that existed around the same time as Twisted Metal. So the big, like, the the one that was kind of like hot on. Uh, Twisted Metal's tail that people, you know, kind of like aped for a while and then and then kind of like came out of the woodwork and was like, oh yeah, this game was better than Twisted Metal, even though they're completely wrong, was <laughs> was uh, Vigilante 8. I don't even know this one. Okay, so Vigilante 8 is, a, is, is interesting as hell, but it's not better than Twisted Metal. It's, uh, it's vehicular combat battle royale, right? Totally, totally like the same thing, right? Um, but it's interesting in that it was actually a spinoff of a game that, uh, that came out like way earlier, um, that I actually played on PC, uh, back in like the early nineties. And it was, it was on the same computer, my uncle's computer that I played like Wolfenstein on and stuff like the, like all the like early nineties, like like Windows 95 games, right? Right. Uh, and the game was called Interstate 76. And Interstate 76 was interesting because it was, it was, a, uh, it's according to the, the Wikipedia page, this is how it describes the, the, the thing, is that the game is set in the southwestern United States in an alternate history of the year 1976, in which the 1973 oil crisis was never resolved. So it's kind of like Mad Max, but the only thing that is, um, that, that, that people are really like, uh, fighting over is just oil. Like food is fine. Water is like fine, but, but there's like, basically it's cars driving around in the desert trying to like fight each other over control of gasoline. Mm. So it was actually a really cool concept. Um, but it was a terrible game. It was so bad. Like it was, it was first off, it used, it used the mech warrior two engine um, so Which is the, strange. So all the cars were like cockpit mode, essentially, and they you you I I remember this vaguely, and if anybody played it more recently for whatever horrible reason, like feel free <laughs> to correct me. But I re, I specifically remember uh, Interstate seventy six requiring you to basically be like a stock car racer, like you needed to be able to, first off, everything was manual. I remember everything specifically being manual. Like there was no automatic. So you had to be like shifting the whole time and it's all cockpit mode too, right? So you're, you're driving around in the cockpit and you've got like, 
the only reason you know you have weapons is because of your like HUD and right. you're like dropping like mines and stuff. But basically you're just like dicking around the desert. But this is, this is clearly like this horrible amalgam of, of like simulation racing with like other combat. Right? It's, it was so difficult. That sounds absolutely terrible. I remember it being so difficult and I couldn't deal with it. But uh, I was also very, very young, so I might have just been shitty at it. But I, I remember it being so hard to play. Um, and so Vigilante 8 was the spinoff of this. And the, it, it, was, it was like easier to do, I guess, but it wasn't better than Twisted Metal, like not by a long shot. Uh, so that was, that was one vigilante and a vigilante eight also had a sequel. I believe, I believe there was a vigilante eight two, but they called it something else so that people weren't like, <laughs> I was going to say what vigilante nine vi- vigilante 82. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, Oh man. What was it? Oh, vigilante eight colon second offense is what it was called. Okay. Right. I was and, actually getting excited cause I was hoping that they pulled a square Enix. Yeah. <laughs> vigilante eight two. Eight dash two. Yeah. Uh, so this one, this one also came out for everything at the time, PlayStation, Dreamcast, N64, but it sucked. Um, (laughs) it, it was, it it couldn't, in my mind, it could not touch Twisted Metal. And every once in a while, somebody will come out and be like, Hey, Vigilante 8, like just yell from like their fire escape, like Vigilante 8 was better than Twisted Metal and like shut their window really quick. But like, they're wrong. They're wrong. And, uh, and then, uh, two more really quick ones I want to bring up. Cell Damage. Which I brought up to you and you said you don't remember. Do I remember you talking about it? Yes. Okay. Cell Damage came out for uh, the Xbox and the GameCube. and uh, Oh, and PlayStation 2, I guess. Uh, but it was uh, Cell spelled C-E-L and it was uh, Cell Shaded and it was like super, super cartoony. Which and, sounds fun. And it had like – you know what it reminded – it reminds me of? It reminds me of the – did you play the um, – the like rumble game mode in rocket league. No. Okay. I mean, so, I haven't played rocket league in a while, but that's a different story. Go on. So the, this was like, basically it's just like, it's like wacky, goofy weapons, like, like giant, like, uh, like giant boxing gloves. That's like spring loaded to the front of your car where you like, you know, punch the other car. There's like, you know, uh, there's like oil slicks and like, uh, spikes and stuff like that it's 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 just goofy it was like a goofy game and it was re-released hd cell damage hd uh in 2014 actually what yep for xbox one and ps4 wow and and i remember being like okay why uh (laughs) but it did happen and the vita what yeah and the vita (laughs) So you can play Cell Damage. That's just an incredibly strange, but okay, sure. If, Cell Damage listen, on the Vita. If, if I ever, ever see another Vita out in the wild and they're playing Cell Damage, like that's it. Capture that person. Capture hey, them. Yeah. That is <laughs> Get a, their Pokeball. That is a unicorn. Like you are never seeing that person ever again. So like take a picture because you're, you're never going to see it again. With um, them for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then there were, there were a bunch of others that were similar, but not car based. Uh, there was, I think the only one that was, that was even like mildly successful was Bloodwake. Uh, Bloodwake was, uh, Xbox exclusive actually. And it was done by Microsoft game studios and it was, uh, it was twisted metal on water. Essentially it was, it was like speedboats, but with machine guns. <laughs> That sounds fun. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I never. I, I rented it once, and I cannot remember for the life of me like anything about it. Um, so I, I don't know if it was good. Uh, the ratings were kind of like all over the place. IGN liked it. Game Informer hated it. So like, who knows? But um, yeah, I would love to see that like like ported to Steam or something. I would. I would totally pay three dollars for that game. You know, just to see if it was any good. I would like to see this whole genre make like an actual com- comeback because yeah. I really do think there's a lot of room in in today's modern game environment to do something like this that'd be you know pretty cool. Yeah, I mean this is the this is the age of mods, right? 
and, mm-hmm. and community-based content and whatever. So you could easily, if some enterprising indie studio said, all right, we want to do this vehicular combat game and open up the doors so that people can make their own maps and whatever and get put into multiplayer rotation, that would be amazing. Um, and they can have, you know, everybody loves ranked mode, so they could have, this would be a perfect game to, you know, show off and talk shit and, and, and get your rank going up. And I might add, it's a game where you don't have to have teams. Yeah. True. You could have single people going, you know, against other individuals um, on the internet, which would be the only kind of game, aside from a sports game and a fighting game, uh, where that is so. So I think if somebody could do it right, there is definitely room to do this in a cool way uh, and make something, you know, happen with it. And again, if they want a microtransaction, I know people are going to be like, are you really suggesting this? But, you know, they can cosmetic microtransaction a whole game, make it free to play, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, room to I, do it. I literally don't see why not. I mean, this this could this could do so well. Like, I mean, we'll have to see with H1Z1. I mean, again, like you're right. It's, it's kind of old hat at this point. It's not one of the, the bigger titles, uh, running around out there, but I don't see why this can't be, this can't go from like, this can't, this can't just be a game mode that comes kind of prepackaged with, uh, any, um, any like military based, uh, battle royale type game, or forget that. I'm just saying an entire standalone new product, a la Rocket League. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. Especially if it's free to play, no one's going to complain about there only being like one mode if it's free to play, right? I mean, what do you, what do you think PUBG is for Christ's sake? You know? <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. I mean, I would I would love to see something like this. I, I think it's totally plausible. I think that the racing version is a little bit, you know, it. It'll have its it'll have its time and place, and that time and place will pass. Um, but I haven't seen any desire for it to like come back at any immediate point in the future. Uh, but but the the battle royale definitely. I think that even one that's like good enough would have people truly flock to it because I, there there truly is a, a void here. Yeah, and I think this is this is and this is kind of what I was talking about. Wanted to talk about before that there's room here to do what I always wish Nintendo would do, which is to like really blow out the battle mode concept. Yeah. So, for example, like I always dreamed of having a battle mode where you could, I mean, like in Mario Kart right now, you can already customize your cart for speed and for turning and all this other stuff, right? But I wanted to see something where you could let's say, have different kinds of shields, uh, basically make mini battle tanks and outfit them in different ways and have maybe availability to different weapons. And any potential game that did this could, for example, have different modes where you might have a Mario Kart-style mode where you all weapons are picked up in the environment or other worlds where you bring in some kind of predetermined loadout and you just like get ammunition as you go. Like, there's so many different ways you could make this into a really tactically interesting but still arcade kind of game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't see why they don't just do it like PUBG style. If people are worried about, you know, uh, like balancing, like, I don't see why they can't just do a PUBG style where everybody goes in and they're like, you know, uh, in their like off the lot Toyota Celica and just drive around like looking for stuff to add to the car. You know, yeah, I that, actually, that would be really cool. And you can't get out of the car. You know, you just you just pull up your inventory, and you're like, okay, I got this 50 cal. Like, let me put it on like hood right side. I got this. Um, I got this 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 like rocket launcher. Let me put it like hood left side. I got this uh, other shit. Like, let me put it on the top of the car. Whatever the top is called. I don't uh, know anything uh, about cars. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. I'm not going to pretend to. Yeah, yeah. If, it doesn't, if it doesn't have a 50 cal mounted to it, like I don't know, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> true gamer speak. Yeah, uh, better tires, like more resistant to bullets, like stuff like that. Yeah, it'd be really cool. And then that way, nobody has like it's not like 
pay uh, like pay to win or whatever with if if there's microtra- microtransactions, which in this hypothetical game there would, because everybody's going out with their stock Toyota Celica. <laughs> I like that you specifically call that Toyota Celica, but and yeah. that, but it is the perfect kind of car for this kind of mode, right? Yeah, like just old and ridiculous enough <laughs> so that nobody's gonna care if we a mount heavy weaponry to it. And B, if all of that shit gets blown the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. I I, did, I wonder if they even make Toyota Celicas. Last thing I look up before we end the episode, do they still make Toyota Celicas? <laughs> Let's see. Toyota Celica, uh, oh, discontinued in 2006. I'm surprised it was that recent, to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't, I, if, if somebody were to say, like, just just grab me out of a crowd and say, Hey you, when was the last time they made a Toyota Celica? I would, I would have guessed any year between its entire production run, which according to this is, was 1970 to April, 2006. I would have guessed any one of those years. There's nothing about the car that screams, uh, like early two thousands, late nineties to me. I, I know nothing about cars. No, neither do I, but I was going to say that every time I see the Celica, it's like some 85, <laughs> you know, busted car in the hood somewhere, you know? Usually somebody, it looks like somebody had, like, taken some, like, masking tape out to, like, put their, their like, custom spoiler on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the spinning hubcaps. Yeah, and it's just, like, it's just so wack. Like, you could tell they put, like, electrical tape on it. They're, like, they're, they're like, got this cool spoiler. I'm going to put it on my Toyota Celica. And then they, like, it just looks so bad always. It, it never looks like it belongs on the car, you know? Shit, they need duct tape just to keep the damn thing together. Yeah, so perfect. So if anybody's out there that can do this, we've figured out the perfect car, we figured out the figured out the perfect format, do the game. We've laid Done. out we've laid out a fifty one minute argument in favor of it, so please just do it so I can so I can uh put a, a machine gun on my Toyota Celica. I mean, isn't that what everybody's objective in life is? It truly is. It truly is. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure you guys all have your uh, fond memories of some of the games that we that we brought out. Maybe you have uh, some insight as to some of this like more fan made stuff going on. Maybe like on GTO or or maybe even like unofficially on some of the battle royale games that involve cars. Let us know. Uh, I think I think it'd be cool to know what the like get a finger on the pulse of this of this particular game type. Um, you can find us on the internet. Uh, on Twitter at Frog Snacks, on Instagram at Frog Snacks Podcast. Uh, we've got our website, frogsnacks.net, and obviously we're on Apple Podcasts. We could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It'd be great if you could. And uh, we will talk to everybody uh, next week. Peace out. Peace.